0: Okay, uh, we're doing a series here throughout this month called Child of Promise. And if you didn't know, we have daily devotions, daily devotions. So if you're, on our email, if you're not on our email list, let us know real quick uh, so you can catch up. You're just a few days, nope, no problem, no problem catching up. Um, but all these themes tie together because there are hundreds and hundreds of promises that God gave to us. He wrote them down. They're in black and white. We just read them. And it is just incredible to see so many of those promises that have been fulfilled. And that builds confidence in us to give a certain hope, a peace in our life of the promises that are still yet to be fulfilled. We're talking about a fruitful promise today. What I really want to talk about is a joy that God gives us. It is so amazing to live in the peace and the joy of having a relationship with Jesus as our Savior, as God, as our Creator, to be one with Him again. It's unlike anything else the world can offer. I tuned over to 99.9 FM. Anybody know what that station is? There's usually good rock and music on there, but uh, now they've been playing this Christmas stuff. Are you familiar with this? Yeah. Well, I'm listening, and I'm like, well, okay, I'll listen, see if I can get in the mood. I didn't like any of the songs they played. It was all "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree and Sleigh Ride. I like that a little bit, okay, but I was like, where's all the Jesus songs? I mean, it's Christmas, after all. So it got me curious. So I went online. I went to Billboard's Top 100. They have a list of top 100 all-time Christmas songs, Billboard. Nowhere... In the top ten, is there a song about Jesus? Number one. Anybody guess what the number one song is? It's Mariah Carey. All I Want for Christmas is You. Just my song to Pastor Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we got him. We're glad you're here. We got you now. Um, you go all the way down to number 16. That's the only Jesus song-ish. And it's Mary Did You Know by Pentatonics. You can look in the entire top 50 and that's the only Christian, he'll call it, Christmas song on the Billboard Top 100. And I had this shocking realization that almost nobody out there knows where to locate Christmas joy. Where do they think this joy comes from? Well, we're going to look at a lot of Old Testament readings through this series because it's in the Old Testament where God makes all these promises and writes them down for us. So I know a lot of times when you're at home and you think, well, I'll take a few minutes and read my Bible because Pastor Mark's always getting on us five minutes a day, five minutes a day. So you pick up your Bible kind of begrudgingly, and I'm guessing you don't just flip over to the Old Testament and start reading some of that, right? That just never sounds like fun, does it? But there are so many amazing promises there in the Old Testament. And the one we're reading today talks about this shoot from the stump of Jesse that's going to bear fruit, specifically this fruit of joy, to the whole world. Now, to understand that verse, we first have to know who Jesse is. And my first thought is always Uncle Jesse, Duke's a hazard, right? I <laughs> was growing up. That was the thing. But it's not. This Jesse was the father of David, King David of Israel. And David was looked up to by the Israelites as the, the epitome of God's governance. And he was just. He was victorious in battle. The land was prosperous. He was fair to the people. He was a great king. But see, Isaiah was some 300 years after David lived. And at that point, the line of David, the family tree, seemed to be nothing but a stump. There was no descendant of David sitting on the throne of Israel. They'd already been captured by the Assyrians and hauled away in exile. So God promises this shoot, this new life that's going to come from this stump that is of Jesse. And Isaiah's picking up on the promise that God made to David himself. This is a thousand years before Jesus was born. God tells David, David, when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers. And that's a really nice way of saying, after you're dead. Very nice way. After you're dead, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. And his kingdom is going to be forever. This is this incredible promise that God made to us. Now, as we go through this series, a child of promise, a theme that's going to go, you know, repeat over and over again, it's going to be with God. A promise made is a promise kept. So, if you're wondering why the choir is sitting up here, it's because they're going to participate in my sermon today. They're going to help me out. Choir, when I say promises made, you're going to say promises kept. Promises made. Promises kept. I love it. You're going to, we're going to be like the Baptist church. I'm going to have you up here all the time. You're going to be right behind me. Right behind me when I'm preaching. Amen. Amen. Oh, well, thank you. That's very good. All right, so here's the promise made. The shoot will come from the stump of Jesse, the line of David. God says to David, your offspring, I will raise up and be the new king of this kingdom that lasts forever. Now look, at the very first verse of the New Testament. The book of the genealogy, the family tree of Jesus Christ, who's the son of David. Promises made. There you go. Come on, altos. A little louder. <laughs> this is the fun thing about the Bible. There is this arc that connects the Old Testament to the New Testament. The Old Testament has hundreds and hundreds of promises. Sometimes we call them prophecies that God gave to us, again, in black and white. And then in the New Testament, we read about hundreds of those prophecies that have been fulfilled. And we know that there are still some yet to be fulfilled but we have confidence in the promises yet to be fulfilled because mainly christmas day now some of the aspects of this king is pretty exciting it's a reason why we should have great joy is because this king that god is promising is going to be the wisest king who has ever lived and he doesn't get his wisdom and make good decisions from just you know, natural knowledge or or, or that kind of, it's supernatural wisdom. And why does he have the supernatural wisdom? Because the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Promises made? Luke 4, and Jesus returned in the power of the, what? Spirit. Spirit to Galilee. And reports about him went out through all the country. This The breath, the spirit of God rests on this shoot from the stump of Jesse. And it is so obvious to everyone who ever meets him or hears him speak that he is amazing. Hey, you've got to come listen to this man. He is wise beyond anything we can imagine. Another aspect of this king, in addition to his wisdom, is his justice. He has perfect justice. He doesn't judge by just what he sees or what he hears, but with righteousness and perfection. If you want to imagine what Washington, D.C. should be like, right? Unlike Washington, D.C., this king is going to rule over us with perfect wisdom and perfect justice. He can make perfect decisions, and he is going to care about everybody. Now, 2,700 years have passed since Isaiah wrote this, in the poor, in the meek, in our world, all around the world, struggle to find a voice, struggle to find advocates who will really stand up and help them. Even in our country, and we're way better than most, right? We're very prosperous, we have social safety, net. we have so many things, but even in our country, the political system just isn't geared to listen to the poor, and the meek, and the hurting. Republicans have their plan, and this is how they're going to help. You know, We're going to cut taxes on everybody, and the rising tide lifts all ships. Democrats have their own way of approaching it. We're going to tax the more wealthy among us and take that money and just give the money. But what I'm saying is any president, prime minister, legislator, if their power rests on the goodwill of those who are wealthy and powerful in society... They're always going to want to cater to them. But not this king. See, this king gets his power because, well, he's God. <laughs> he's the creator of everything. And he doesn't leverage his power for his own privilege. He leverages his power for the privilege of everyone, every single one, equity for the meek of the earth. Now, all through the Old Testament, we knew this coming Messiah was going to be you know, identify with the poorest and the outcasts members of our society. But we never really understood how fully that was until Christmas Day when he was born in a manger, a, a feeding trough to a very poor family. We know how poor they were because when Jesus was taken to the temple for his dedication, the sacrifice that his mom and dad brought were two small birds. Now, see, in the temple order in the system, uh, your sacrifice was actually based on your means, your wealth. And it was the poorest of the poor who were to sacrifice two small birds. And that's what Mary and Joseph, his mom and stepdad, sacrificed for his birth. He was one with us in every sense. This incredible wise king, this shoot from Jesse's coming to bring a, a, a rule, a, a reign, a world uh, that is going to be ruled by someone who is perfectly wise and perfectly just. What an exciting thing to look forward to. And we see over and over again how many times there are promises made in... Promise All right, just making sure you're awake. I can't see your faces in the front. And now we've got this promise of joy. Now, for many people this year, uh, this will be the first Christmas without their husband or wife. Or it'll be their first Christmas without a son or a daughter. Their first Christmas without a father or mother. For some people, this will be their a Christmas without a job. And I know people, this will be the doctors have said this will probably be your last Christmas on earth. How do we find true Christmas joy? Where do we anchor that in a world that is so bad? So many terrible things. Well, Isaiah goes on. This is the same chapter, but he changes perspectives. He says, The wolf shall lie down with the lamb, uh, the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion shall lie. Uh, and the and calf together, and a, and a child will lead them. Here's the best news I've got for you today. This new king is bringing Eden with him. Sometimes you can think of it as heaven, the new heavens and the new earth. It is Eden. It is paradise restored, renewed, perfect again. And of course, we look around and we say, well, there's a promise that hasn't been fulfilled yet. The confidence we have and the promises yet to be fulfilled are based on the promises we've seen already fulfilled. Promises made, that's always the case with God. Now, a few years ago, it was a couple of months before Christmas, the wife of a mail carrier, was killed in an auto accident. And the man, the husband and father, grief-stricken, tried to use work as his way of escaping and coping. He just worked overtime, he worked extra days. And so close to Christmas, he was late one night at the post office and he was doing the job of um, going through the kind of the lost mail and just trying to figure out how to reroute it, where it should go. It's going with stacks, just piles and piles of, of letters. And he gets to this one letter, and he notices in the top left corner, it's his address, it's his house, in the return address spot. And he turns it over, and he, so he opens it, and he pulls it out, and it says, Dear Santa, at the top. And so he quickly looks down at the bottom, and it's his daughter's name. And so he reads the letter. My mommy died two months ago. And since then, my daddy has been crying himself to sleep every night. He says, only eternity will heal him. Would you please send a little bit of eternity to my dad this Christmas? That is exactly what Christmas is. God gives us a little bit of eternity, a little a preview of this glorious kingdom that he is coming to fully establish at a later date. We get to see in Jesus the love and the compassion of our God, our Creator. We see in him the wisdom and justice of our King you imagine what our world is going to be like when he is ruling and reigning over everything, every king and every other president and prime minister, how wonderful it will be? We get a little sneak peek. Everywhere Jesus walked on this earth, there was an inbreaking of this kingdom of God into our lost and fallen world where sick people were just healed like that. And even dead people were raised to life. How exciting is that going to be? Promises made. And so we say with Paul, he says, we are filled with all joy and peace because we trust in him. We trust in him because every single time, promises made, promises kept. And then we are overflow with this hope. So I don't know where you find Your joy in life. But if you find it in your relationship status or your job status or the ups and downs of the financial markets, I've got really good news for you. There is glorious granite underneath all of this stuff. And we sing joy to the world for the Lord has come. And he comes to get rid of death, to get rid of disease, to get rid of the curse forever. So we always, always have that confidence in this coming world. When Jesus comes back as king to make all things right again. Amen. 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 Amen.